Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bccweb.com. Well, good morning again to everybody. Um, as Vlad just mentioned, we're, we're in our series of movement and multiplication. It's the third year, and we're in Acts 13, and this is the, the third part of the current series. It's quite complicated, isn't it? But we, we have chosen to step steadily through the Scriptures because God's Word feeds us, it must inspire us, and it does inspire us. And uh, when we leave this place, you will have been fed a meal. It's what do we do with that meal? How are we going to allow that meal to change us? And so uh, this morning, um, my topic is serving God in our generation, looking at Acts 13, verses 30 to 42. We don't have time fully to read all the verses because we have a baptism at the end of the service. And uh, we thank God for that. You know, I just must say that we are in a... We are a generation. Everybody in this room is a generation. You may feel that you're the upper end of the generation, or you may feel you're at the lower end of the generation. And the trouble with that thinking is it may make you feel like I can opt out because either I don't have enough experience, I don't have enough confidence, I don't have enough about me, I, I lack something, I, you know, I haven't experienced life, I just, you know, I'm shy. But at the other end of the spectrum, you may be feeling, well, I've, I've actually, you know, I haven't got decades left. I, I've just got a few years, perhaps. I've, you know, whatever it might be. But the trouble is, it's not true. <laughs> Your generation, my generation is now. And it's everybody in this room. It's all of us. Every one of us has got a reason to disengage from this generation and to give ourselves a good feeling about why being involved in this generation can be left to somebody else. And um, we don't want to just live life, we want to change the life around us. I, I love uh, the, the quote this morning from Charles Spurgeon. Every generation needs regeneration. And every one of us is here to be part of regeneration. Regeneration in ourselves, supernatural kingdom, God-inspired, Holy Spirit brought regeneration in us personally. But then the regeneration of community, relationships, restoration of family. Every generation needs regeneration. Why? Because the previous generation does leave a legacy. It leaves something behind. It leaves something. But we don't have to be defined by that deposit that came before us. We are defined by what God says. And therefore, we take God's word and we apply it to ourselves today. And we recognize that God's power is here for us now. You may not know Jesus Christ very well. You may have heard of him. You may not even know who he is. Well, let me tell you, he's God. He was also and is a man. Um, he is alive. And it's through putting faith and trust in him. Um, and we'll explain a bit about that this morning during the message. But as we choose to put faith in him, not religion, not going to church, that's where life changes. And he is a king who has a kingdom. He's a king who has a kingdom. And the whole purpose of faith in Jesus Christ, being, we use the expression being a Christian, but being a Christian is really 
another summary for someone who follows Jesus Christ but actually enters his kingdom. And you may not have heard that expression or that language before, but we are celebrating today because we're in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And it's a spiritual kingdom. And it's a real kingdom. And how can you say it's a real kingdom? Because there are millions and millions and millions of people around this world being changed by God's spirit alive in people. And it's the longest living kingdom in the history of mankind. Um, Later this month, in fact this week, Liz, my wife, and I are going to Peru to meet some missionaries and spend some time just encouraging them. They're from Jamaica. They're from um, various parts of South America. And, uh, and Peru, of course. And, and, and actually, where we're going is a place called Cusco. And if you know your history, and I've never been there before, but Cusco is the, the, the old empire, cent- the centre of the empire of the Incas. It was a major, a major city. So it's high up, it's high altitude. You have to drink tea made with coca leaves, which is co- cocaine. <laughs> so, you know, you know me, I don't... Tr- I, don't I, I, I may not be coming back, let me tell you. <laughs> Um, but that kingdom's been and gone. But the kingdom of God is not only here, it's alive, flourishing, and changing every nation on this earth. And this church has got many nations in it. I was talking to Ibo after the first service. I don't think he's here in the second. But Ibo, you may know, is doing a theology master's degree, and he's doing it through Trinity in the US. Some people like to do things the hard way. Well, Ibo has to fly to the US to do his course. And uh, he said to me after the first service, he said, it's amazing. I didn't realise this, but the people at the Bible college, the seminary, wanted to know about the context that Ibo and his family live in here in the UK. And he didn't realise, and he told, somehow they found out that we have 40 nationalities in this church. And they gave him a scholarship with 53% discount on the fees because we've got more than 30 nationalities in our church. Now, right, you, I'm, I was just like staggered. I mean, it was a few other things as well. He's from Zambia and he's, but you know, there's not a huge amount of other reasons to do it. But you know what they said to him? And this is what he said to me. He said, they gave it to him because if you've got 30 nationalities, you've got the opportunity for great influence. Right? They see the opportunity. So is this kingdom real? It is real. You are not here because you just happen to be breezing through. You may not even know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, but you are here because God has brought you here. Right? You're here. You may, be, you may have other things going on in life and you may have other stuff going on, but God's kingdom is very real. Every generation needs regeneration. And uh, yeah, it's extraordinary. Um, let's jump into the scriptures because of time this morning. Uh, Acts 13, we'll pick up the first couple of verses. Um, Contextually, well, the previous two messages in this current series, the first one was Deborah talking about creating an environment where we can hear God. And we'll pick that up in a moment. But Adam did a brilliant job two weeks ago of saying, uh, bringing alive this simple principle that mission starts right where you are and with what you know. And that's important for us to remember. It's where you are and what you know. And so you will know that we are looking at the life of Paul and Barnabas who have been commissioned by God, sent by his spirit and released from Antioch of Syria, a location um, in a, in, um, just near the Mediterranean, to go on a mission journey. I'll show you a slide in a moment. But it says here that Paul and his companions left Paphos in Cyprus 
by ship for Pamphylia. Uh, They landed at the port town of Perga, and there John Mark left and returned to Jerusalem. But Paul and Barnabas travelled inland to Antioch of Pisidia. So there's two Antiochs in the New Testament, and they're real places. Um, So Antioch of Syria uh, still exists. You know, names change and things come and go. But it was near the Med, and they went by ship. And we are literally on their next step. They've, they've arrived at Cyprus, and from Cyprus, they're now going over to Antioch of Pisidia. In fact, it, it really means Antioch near Pisidia. That's what it means. And it's in modern-day Turkey, otherwise called Asia Minor in previous generations. So they're on this real journey, and, and we're picking up the story. So they're heading there. Now, what I want to draw out for a moment is the importance of partnership. God brings people together for a reason. Partnership is absolutely core to kingdom principles. The Bible says that Jesus is building his ecclesia. um, And we call that his church. But take away the word church for a moment. The ecclesia is the body of people that make up the followers of Jesus Christ in his kingdom. That's what he's building. He's not building BCC. Just for clarity. He's not. He's building his ecclesia that happened to come here and worship him. That's what happens. So we need more space and we're, some of the things, a lot of the things. In fact, everything that we're doing here is expanding. It seems that everything is growing. It seems that there's multiplication in every department or every part of what we do as a church. But partnership is absolutely vital. Why? Because partnership brings the synergy of components that together make an incredible opportunity. And God brings them together. So we have a partnership meeting happening on the 30th, on Sunday the 30th in the evening. That's your opportunity to say or to look at what we are doing and decide for yourself, do I want to walk with this group of believers, this ecclesia, as it discovers God's purpose and kingdom opportunities? But in terms of partnership, key partnerships will unlock doors in all sorts of different ways. And you've got to get this. I'm not just playing around with the words. They are a key to unlock And if you don't have that partnership, I think you won't unlock doors. Because partnership is part of how God does stuff. And he draws people together for purpose because of that. Now, in this case, Barnabas was the son of encouragement. That's what his name meant. In fact, he had another name, but they called him Barnabas because he was such a great encourager. And you can imagine, these guys have never taken this journey in their life before. This journey from Cyprus going up into Asia Minor is just brand new. There was no ecclesia in that part of the world. It didn't exist. It's like we go to Macedonia as a team, and we've been doing it for a number of years. There are no, well, we think there are now two Muslim background believers in the whole of 700,000 people. And that's why we go every year and take a team and connect. And this church's generosity is enabling us to forward plan now. And we're looking at potentially sending teams every two months, small teams, just to to build the momentum in the gathering of the believers there. But to see one person give their life to Jesus Christ, who's got a Muslim, Albanian background, where there is no faith, I'm talking about real faith, a real understanding of God, and them to change, and to see the change in that person or a person in that setting, you realise how precious salvation is. You realise what this is that we've got, but we are familiar with it so often. And that's one of the great reasons of sending team out is that we get to experience the real challenges of going somewhere for the first time. And that's what's going on here. They're, they're setting into this context. 
And uh, we've got there's some stuff we can learn, some stuff we can learn. In terms of partnership, Rick and Mary are with us from Minneapolis. In fact, they're with us in the first service. And uh, Rich and Sue have joined them as well. So welcome to the church today. That's just added a few more nationalities to the mix. So thank you. Um, but it's great. It's absolutely great that there's a partnership forming with friends in other locations. Who've, and what brings us together? It's our common following of Jesus Christ. It's the following of what his spirit is saying. It's not, oh, let's dream up an idea to go and hang out somewhere. It's actually the Holy Spirit, you know, not convicting, it's the Holy Spirit giving us a sense of this is what we must do. And we just walk in that direction. And we test it. And the way we test it is, does it produce something? Is it producing fruit? Is it fruitful? Is there life in what's happening with that partnership? And if it is, then we fuel it. If it's not, we say, well, okay, we'll just reset ourselves and, and just determine what, what the right thing to do is. But in this journey of partnership, uh, we want to see doors unlocked. And how do we see doors unlocked? The first thing to pick up this morning is the word listen. Listening. Really, really, really listening. Every, everybody who's in partnership fails at times because they don't listen. It happens with men and women, husbands and wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, leaders, staff, team, all sorts of contexts. People just don't listen. And there are reasons why we don't listen. It's because because of other stuff in our lives, there's noise going on. I want to look at a little bit of the text for a minute in uh, verse 14 of Acts 13. On the Sabbath, they, that's Paul and Barnabas, went to the synagogue. It's what they knew. It's what they could relate to. It wasn't difficult. It's an obvious step. It's exactly what Adam said two weeks ago. Then after, uh, verse 15, after the usual readings from the books of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement, now there's a thought. There's a thought. Didn't notice that until just now. Barnabas is the son of encouragement. Maybe, just maybe, the language that they used made them realize God was about to do something. We don't know, do we? I only just noticed that. If you have a word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. Verse 16, so Paul stood, lifted his hand to quiet them and started speaking. Men of Israel, he said, and you God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. Listen to me. A couple of key things. Do people really listen? You know, I heard a story about a guy who thought his wife was going deaf. And he was um, in his lounge and she was sitting in a chair with her back to him. And he thought, I really need to check this out, test it out. So from the back of the room, he said, hey, honey, um, what's for dinner? No reply. And uh, he takes a bit step closer. He says, honey, what's for dinner? Still no reply. So he goes up right behind her and in her ear says, honey, what's for dinner? And she said, I've told you three times, it's chicken. <laughs> right. Now, crazy story. You know, it's true. <laughs> I should have changed the meal, shouldn't I? It happens all the time. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? The wife wasn't at fault. The guy got it wrong. And he's reassessing everything because he couldn't hear what she was saying. Now, he couldn't hear probably because he was deaf. <laughs> but if you can't hear or you're not listening, then your response to a situation will be flawed. And that's the importance of listening. Listening is really, really key. It's amazing how people don't listen. But listening is very important. And in the text, we recognize that Paul lifted his hand to them to stop all the noise to stop the noise. 
you've got to interrupt your life. You've got to interrupt people's lives. You've got to interrupt. You've got to say, stop. You've got to say, listen. And that's what he did. He raised his hand to get their attention. And then he said, listen to me. Why? Because people don't listen. They just go through the motions. And this was a religious group. And we know that Paul was a trained scholar. He was a Hebrew scholar. And uh, he knew his stuff. But he came to bring them a message that was unlike any message they'd heard before. Um, The second thing I want to draw out in this thing of listening is the Holy Spirit. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to create that environment. Like Deborah said, week one, we need to create the environment. When we have earthquake tonight, it's not because we're doing a jolly around worship and we just love singing a few shindig type songs or, you know, whatever that is. Maybe I'm showing my age now. But... um, but the, our songs are brilliant, and our band do an amazing job, don't they? We are, we are so blessed with our teams of musicians and singers and technical guys who support what we do. But it's not just singing the songs. It's, it's having a place where we are creating an environment where God can really clearly speak to us. That's what we're doing. And we're allowing ourselves the, the, the possibility of making the odd mistake by letting God's Spirit speak to us and breathe through the setting so we don't predict it it's always different something different will happen it's not wacky so if you're going to come along tonight and think well I'm going to do my thing you're not doing your thing we don't just do your thing we let God do his thing that's what we do we submit ourselves you want to test whether or not it's a God thing or your thing it's whether you're in humility and you submit to God and you'll sense it how do you know because there's a rhythm there's a rhythm in the kingdom There's a rhythm. It's not just the music rhythm. It's a rhythm of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because, all right, it's a vibe. You can feel it. You can feel God in a a place. You can sense it because because not only one person is on a particular wavelength, but other people are. And then a prophetic word will come, a ministry word will come, a, a scripture. Something of God's presence will whisper into the situation, and it's not forced. It just doesn't, it's not forced. It's just moving and letting God breathe through us. It's a powerful thing. And if you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit, maybe that will happen tonight. We want God to speak to us. God is speaking. You know, one of the things about the Macedonia trip recently was there was a consultation. Our dear friend Kim Gustafsson, friend of Rick and Mary's and others, of course, was there doing a consultation with the, um, the pastors, the Macedonian pastors, how to reach the Muslim communities in and around Macedonia because God's already reaching those communities. God's already whispering into those communities. He's giving them the dreams and visions. We know that because in North Africa, in the central Middle East, there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of Muslim background communities where people are responding to God's love through Jesus Christ and entering God's kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It's happening. You can argue with me, but you've not been there and you haven't seen it. I have. I've stood in a room where you've got 50, 60 Muslim background believers following Jesus Christ, three imams in one room, talking to them about the truth of Jesus Christ in Ethiopia and the Rift Valley. The, the mosques are around the valley. People are crying out to prayer. And in the room are people touching God's spirit who have got a Muslim cultural background, but are following Jesus Christ. And they love him with all their heart. And they look nothing like you. They don't sound like you. They don't like the things you like, but they love Jesus Christ. God is changing the world, and we've got to be on God's plan. Richard Covey says, Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. 
They listen with the intent to reply. Most of us in this room have got too much to say. Most of us. Most of us need a good dose, myself included, of buttoning our mouths and letting God speak to us. Some of you don't come to the prayer meetings because you're too busy. I've always got a reason why you don't need to come. Let me tell you, if you want the power of God in your life, you've got to be in an environment where God's power can be understood and grasped. You've got to create that environment. You've got to still your, that still, small voice of God. Moses on the mountain, not in the fire, in the thunder, the lightning. It's in the, the quiet. It's in the crevice. It's in that quiet. It's in the place that God can speak. It's where you're listening. And not giving him a reason why you shouldn't listen to him. Blaming something in your life and saying, I can't do this because that happened. I can't do it because you let me down. It's not about that. It's about what is God doing and what do you need to change about yourself to really understand what God is doing in your life. And God will work with you. He's not going to force anybody. He's just going to love you and say, my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough. Whatever's gone on in your life, my grace will work it out with you. I will walk with you. I will do a journey with you. And God just wants us to be in his presence. You cannot have God's power if you are not in God's presence. You can't. You have to be in his presence. And then you start to become sensitive and you can become a channel to speak to other people. So do we listen to the Holy Spirit? I'm going to zip through these points this morning so that we can move to the baptism. But, so listening is important. Learning is important. God has entered human history and Paul, the theologian, stood up and he summarised to all those people listening the journey of God entering humanity as Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself, a man who is God, who gave up his rights as God to be born as a child, which we'll celebrate at Christmas. Who's already starting to get this? I had my daughter say to me, when can we put the Christmas tree up? Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> it's always got to be after my birthday because my birthday is December the 6th and if it happens before, then my birthday disappears. Uh, anyway, anyway, I'm sorry, Olivia, sweetheart. Um, We've got to learn. We've got to learn from history because history tells us and reveals, the, it reveals God's plan and the scriptures are one of the finest sources in the world for history. Did you know that? It's one of the strongest and most compelling books in literature to give human history, the Bible, the scriptures that we're reading from today. Um, historians look at the Bible. They take it as for points of reference. But that history is important. And he explained the Israelites coming out of Egypt. We haven't got time to look at it this morning. Explained that those Israelites came out of Egypt. And that symbol of Egypt is the sin that keeps people slaves to life and all that other stuff. And as they come out of Egypt, the Israelites, the story of the true story of the, the Exodus from Egypt, and then how for 450 years they, were, they, were, they didn't know whether they were coming or going. And then they had prophets to lead them. The prophets who spoke God's word, but they didn't listen to the prophets. You see, even God's people didn't listen. People who, when you become too familiar with something, you don't listen. You change what you're hearing to something you want to convince yourself of. But sometimes you've got to say, hang on, I'm going to make myself open to truth Truth, open to truth, open to truth. I was, God prompted me with Revelation 19 in the worship service in the first meeting. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing. This is, 
this is Revelation, okay? Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named. Faithful and true. Faithful and true. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. Faithful and true. That's what Paul was talking about to these people. Who is this? Who is this person, Jesus Christ, who's intercepted humanity? And he explained it. He explained it. And they started to understand it. And he talked about the life of David and linked back who Jesus was to the life of David. It says in the scriptures, the message of salvation has been sent to us. The people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Jesus as the one, the one the prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned him. And in doing this, they fulfilled the prophet's words that are read every Sabbath. You can be in church hearing the words and got, you have no clue what is going on. You're not listening. I'm not saying you guys. I'm saying human beings. We can sit in a church service. We can hear words that are truth, which is what these guys were doing every Sabbath, and not realising that they are real. <laughs> They're real. Instead, they condemned him. And in doing this, they fulfilled the prophet's words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. It says in verse 29, when they had done all the prophecies um, said about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. That resurrection is why our sins are paid for. Why the iniquity in life is paid for. Why that bondage is removed. Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died and was raised from the dead. That makes it possible to have your sins forgiven. Otherwise, there is, in the great scheme, in the great pattern of life, in history and eternity, there has to be judgment of sin. We haven't got time to talk about it this morning. But, but what you, you just need to know that Jesus is the one you want to follow. If you want to follow Jesus as a risen Lord and start to enter his kingdom, then your life will change. And all the stuff that you don't understand yet gets sorted out. It's the amazing thing about God. He just does it. He does it for us. But they killed him. They killed him. It says, but God raised him from the dead. And over a period of many days, he appeared to those who had gone with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people of Israel. We are here to bring you some good news. That was the good news he was bringing them. They'd never heard it before. They realised that you can be in a religious setting and God's plan is operating through that setting. He's prophesied it's going to happen and you can miss the lot because you're not listening. You're not listening to the prophetic voice of God in a setting. You miss it and in the end you become part of God's prophetic plan and you haven't got a clue that you're in it. And there could be people in this church, believers in this group of people at BCC, who are here, but not hearing from God, not hearing God speak. And actually the prophetic voice of God is, is still working. His plan is unfolding, but it's going through and we're not quite sure of what's going on. I just want to drop a couple more verses. David had done the will of God in his own generation. That's our theme for this morning. His, our own generation, serving God in our own generation. He died and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. But Jesus, someone whom God raised and whose body did not decay, is our Lord and Saviour. And that's the information he brought them and he gave them the choice. George Orwell says, every generation imagines itself to be more intelligent than the one that went before it and wiser than the one that comes after it. People always, we, we convince ourselves that we are the special ones. 
But God's got a big plan and a big picture. We've got to conform to his plan. We've got to work with his agenda. We've got to work with what he's doing. And last week, we, we saw a practitioner in this church, Pastor Abraham from India, who has, seen, has planted 4,300 churches. Incredible. And to see a guy at the age of 63 in his generation, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. You know, I, I forget the numbers now, but something like 17 Bible schools, 14 orphanages, six state schools, all produced by someone who was just obedient to following Jesus Christ, put his trust in him. My third point, and we'll move forward, um, listening, learning, and finally looking. Where is the Holy Spirit working? How is the Holy Spirit working? This is a brilliant opportunity. This prayer and fasting and earthquake, this is an amazing opportunity for you to hear, listen, and um, learn and look. And what do we see in the text here? Acts 13, 38. Listen, brothers. Again, he says, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him um, is made right in God's sight. Everything... Who, uh, sorry, everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight. Something the law of Moses could never do. Religiousness can never do what faith and being empowered by God's spirit can do. Verse 40, be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply to you. Don't be someone who's part of, in God's activity, but never realizing he's there. Because the prophet said, verse 41, look you mockers, be amazed and die. I am doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. That is where this ecclesia is. God is doing something in our day. Something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. God is doing something in our day. It's in our generation and it's right now and it's all ages, all genders, all nationalities. And if we do the right thing, we will infuse not only our local community, we'll affect the UK, we'll affect other countries. It's affecting people's lives full stop. And uh, I just want to lighten it for a moment. This week, Vlad mentioned that we went to a conference and uh, met a guy, that guy, Reverend Ying Kai. Ying, the little fella. That's not very fair, is it? <laughs> it's very demeaning of me. That a man of great stature, let me tell you. Yinkai. And uh, his wife actually said, let me take a photo of you two together. And Vlad noticed that and got up with his camera and took this snap. I don't normally take photos of myself, well, do this in the church, but his wife wanted to take the photo. And I just was amazed. I was quite humbled, actually, because this guy had just been speaking. And he was talking about the incredible power of God working in our lives. Something very, very simple. Write down your story. Write down your story. A simple principle. Write down your story. And, and try and communicate your story to somebody else. Write it down. Make it interesting and intercept people's lives. How did Jesus in this history step into your life and what's happening now? Just do it. And this simple idea of writing down your story, make it interesting, tell the truth, but be real, be raw, be vulnerable. Make the real you come through the story because it will touch someone's life. How did Jesus step in and what's happening now? That simple idea, he said, just take five friends, find five people, find five people and interrupt their life. Don't ask for permission, just get in there and make it interesting and talk. He's been doing this now. He says, it's very effective, very effective. 
You don't have to be a great theologian. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to be a pastor. Every one of us have been given God's gold to do this. And he said, it's a very effective way of sharing faith. Band, why don't you join me? We're going to sing a song in just a moment. I just want to tell you about this, this guy. He's a Chinese-American. I was talking to him about maybe coming to London next year in June because of some stuff we're doing in, in the city. And uh, he said, oh, two days. That's all we need, two days. Two days, we can change everything in two days. I said, really? He said, yeah, two days, that's all it takes. He does some training with people. He keeps it really simple. But this guy, Yinkai, Reverend Yinkai, he's been doing this since 2000. He just felt God saying, go do this, train some people to train some people. And all he did was write down your story, tell people how Jesus stepped in, tell them what's happening now. You know what that's led to? That's led to 1.7 million people being baptised. It's led to the formation of 140,000 new churches. And every one of us in this room have got the ability to do that. And this week, in our week of prayer and fasting, if nothing else, we've got to get this into us, that what you've got in you is so important, and it's for our, our generation. It's for our generation. Intercept people's lives. Don't ask for permission, but be gracious when you speak to them. Pray about it. Pray about opportunities. We understate our own value. But Jesus gave his life for us. He gave his life so we could be his hands and feet and to impact lives. We're going to stand and sing a song. We're going to do a baptism in a moment. So I think we should just stand. Adam, lead us through a song. And then we'll, we'll come back and we'll do the testimonies. Thank you.